It's episode 204 of the Canes cast, and Shane Willis, we are staring down what could possibly be a preview of a pretty big playoff series. Must-see TV may be the fastest game played all season long. I feel the need. The need for, for speed. Or storm brew. Oh, well, you and I go that way for yeah, sure. There's no <laughs> doubt about that. Uh, the fine presenting sponsor of this podcast, which is Stormbrew. We thank them all the time for joining us and giving us the opportunity to bring you Kane's cast. But if you need to know more about Stormbrew, you can go to your local grocery store and ask even better. You can go to their tap room and ask them R&D Brewing. They'll have it right there for you. It's tasty. You can drink it right there. Drink responsibly. And, of course, you can get a 16-ounce can for $5 at a Carolina Hurricanes game say when they're taking on the Colorado Avalanche. The two best records in the National Hockey League squaring off against each other, mano a mano, although there's more than one person playing against each other, so probably not appropriate (laughs) to say. But I'm a little excited for this contest, but I don't want to get too excited for it, Shane, because as you know, these teams are going to make the playoffs. But let's not put the cart in front of the horse here. I'm just excited to see what you just said a game played at a high pace with off-the-chart skill. And I think it's two teams when you talk about skill because, again, Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl are arguably the two best players in the National Hockey League, two most skilled. You won't get an argument. Um, But where I think the Canes and the Avs both not talked about enough with their skill, Aho, Svechnikov, Taravainen, then you have Nathan McKinnon, Landeskog, Rantanen, Kale McCarr. These players should be in that conversation because both these teams, the Carolina Hurricanes and the Colorado Avalanche, have some dynamic elite-level players. And it is going to be, right from puck drop, the Avs coming in after a tough loss against New Jersey. The Canes are rested for three days. This one's going to be, a, I'm, again, you're going to watch it on Valley Sports, obviously, but if you do not have a ticket and you can get one, get in this building. It's going to be rocking again, as it was last weekend, and it's going to be an amazing night. I I know that this is the Canes cast, but we can break this this game down a little bit. If you're listening to it uh, tonight, depending on Walter Ruff when he gets us out here, but he has been very good about this, so I'm going to go tonight. Or uh, game day morning. Hi, welcome to it. Enjoy your Thursday as we get ready for this one. I want to draw a parallel, and I'm glad you said Nathan McKinnon. I was talking to Mark Moser, the outstanding play-by-play voice of the Colorado Avalanche, an all-around great human being. And we were kind of swapping notes about the the teams. And this is about a month ago we were talking. And he asked about Slavin, you know, the Colorado native and, and what he's like. And I said, you know, he's amazing. Every night you kind of take it for granted for how good he is because we get to see it every night. I go, and he reminds me different position of Nathan McKinnon. Like, we don't talk enough about Jacob Slavin. I don't think we talk enough about how great Nathan McKinnon is as a player. And part of it is really great team in Colorado with other great players around him. And I'm using the word great a lot, and I don't like to throw that <laughs> word around all willy-nilly. Uh, sorry, Willie. Uh, but it's, it's, okay. it's when I see Nathan McKinnon, I'm like you. I'm like, how come we don't talk about him the way that we talk about Dreisaitl, McDavid, Eichel, you know, I know that he hasn't won a Stanley Cup. He was nominated for a Hart Trophy. He lost it to Taylor Hall that year. 
when Hall won it in New Jersey for the massive year he put up there. But I, he's always one of those guys who I watch, and every time you watch him, he makes unbelievable plays. He makes his teammates better, and you just never hear his name being talked about in that elite-level category of player. And I agree. Is. I agree. And, you, I mean, I put him way above Jack Eichel, although his career is still very young. Nathan McKinnon's speed will blow you away when he picks up the bucket. It's so similar to Connor McDavid. Um, they do a lot of training together in the summer, things they work on, but his skill level is right there and should be talked about. <laughs> Definitely in the top five best players in the National Hockey League because of what he can do night in and night out and what you know his line with Landeskog does and the way they put up points and you know match him up against Sebastian Otto. I'm, I can't wait to see the matchups, right? These coaches are both... You know, I was talking with somebody at lunch earlier, and we started talking about the Jack Adams Award again and what Rod has done here and really what Bednar has done in Colorado and the conversations they have. But that'll be very important and something we're going to talk about um, tomorrow night, and you and I will start talking more about the playoffs as they approach. And when you think about home ice advantage and you think about those matchups, when you're playing teams like this, that matchup is so important because not only do you have to watch that line, then you got to look at a guy like, Kale McCarr on the back end. Who's your most responsible winger, if you will, that will be responsible to say, hey, where's Kale McCarr at? Yeah. In your offensive zone, where's he at? Because i got to get in the shooting lane. i got to know where he's at because of what he brings to the table every night. I, I would imagine the matchup in some way, shape, or form. If you're Rod Brindamore, and then again, if you're Jared Bednar, who do I want to get this line away from or this this pairing away from? And who do I need to make sure is on the ice versus that? It's it's going to be unbelievable for me because do you play the stall line if you're Rod Brindamore? Do you try to play the stall line against the McKinnon line? Or how about Nazem Kadri, who's having a heart trophy kind of year? Or do you want the stall line with the responsible wingers whenever Kale McCarr is on the ice in that matchup? And then the same thing, if you're Bednar, well, do I want to keep McCarr away from you know, guys who have great possession metrics? Do I want to keep them away from stall? Or do I want to keep them away from Ajo? It's going to be... It's going to be awesome. No I mean, I, I like Stahl against the Kadri Landeskog line because they play a little heavier. Yeah. And Stahl has that size along with Nita Ryder. I put Ajo head to head against McKinnon. Let the best of the best go. And the and the one thing players want, they want to just go. They don't want to get stuck in yeah. out, off, out, off because you're trying to get these matchups. And Rod knows that. Rod, that's the best part of being a former player. He knows, yes, I'm going to get my matchups, but I also got to get everybody going. And I mean, just to open the doors and watch these guys go at it is going to be enough. You always got to control the north-south. You don't want to get in runaway track meet style, but it's going to be there at times, and the Canes will be ready to match up against these guys. Well, let's just take a look back at, at some of the bigger games that the Canes have played recently against the likes of Sidney Crosby and Connor McDavid. Ajo wanted the assignment. He wants to be on the ice against them. So I like it. I like it a lot, and I think that this game tomorrow night – I hope that this isn't one of these things where we build it up and it turns into a snooze fest because sometimes you know that can well, happen. I don't think it will just because we know what Rod expects after having three days off. He wants it back to 100 miles an hour right away. And if you read the quotes from the Jersey game, post-Jersey game, yeah. the Colorado just blew up 3 nothing and lost 5-3. Their coach is not happy. They're going to be juiced up to get things back on track. And again, this is a matchup that everyone is looking at down the road, too. Best in the West against the best in the East. This is it. But when I, I say that, you've been in these games where there's been some hype, you know, two teams across the, the table at each other kind of eyeing each other up. And again, 
Colorado's got to worry about the West and getting through. There is still a lot of track left in this race to, to have to run for both sides. But I just wonder if this game is the kind of the jab, the feel-it-out game between these two. And then when we go to Colorado later on in the season, then it's hammer down, here we go. Well, I think it's going to be hammer down, but I think the way – it's not going to be a snoozer. It's only – this game may be a lot lower scoring than you think. Yeah. I think people because are they're coming in so, thinking it's going to be 6-5. No, because they're so evenly matched, they, they counteract each other. Both great goaltenders are going to go at it. And, yes, there's going to be a ton of chances, but will they all go in? I don't know. It's going to be good. I, I, I bring that up, and when I maybe I shouldn't use the word snoozer. This could be a game, Shane, as you know, could be 2-1 to one and could be the best game played all year because of the pace that it's played at. Are you telling people to take the under? No, no, that's not me. After after what's happened in the sports world, I am not giving any advice. You can't do that ex- in North Carolina anyway. Except for entertainment purposes only. It's the only reason why I would look at such things. So we're all set. But uh, this game is the start of something big. And again, the other part of this for the Canes, too. Home ice is so big. This is a team right now, Shane, they just don't lose in this building right now. It There's so many factors. One... How they play, two, and we heard Rod talk about it, the atmosphere in this building. And uh, just the other night, we had one of our last practices of the year with our our boys, and Justin Williams and I were sitting there after, and he talked about being at the game against the Penguins and sitting down in the seats in the lower bowl with his family for the third period and going, man, he goes, it is a difference sitting here in the atmosphere and the noise and. What the true Kaniacs, as Tripper likes to call them, bring to this arena night in and night out. And, I mean, we see it on the pregame show and the postgame show with the fans, how it, you know, pregame's a little bit, yeah, rah, let's get her going. Yeah. By, by the third period, they are ready. And, and I can tell you as a player, it makes a difference. And you look, you look at the matchup. If it was there, Colorado's advantage of where that city is. They have a loud crowd, too. But that altitude plays a factor, especially if you're going in back and forth. They play there all the time. It doesn't affect them. But for a team coming in, it does. And I think that's one of the things I look at as they make their run in the playoffs, how it affects teams coming into Colorado. Well, that's why our guest last week. This is Bill Berniston coming to you live from the Canes locker room. It's so important. We might have to ask him how he prepares for that. Head strength and conditioning coach of the Carolina Hurricanes. I I've, I think I've asked him about it in the past before. I'm not sure if I've asked him on Kane's cast, but I know heading out there, you know, in the old role uh, as a reporter, I'd ask him that, like, do you do anything different? And he goes, you, you can't really simulate altitude training for a whole team. And, and I guess when shape. you look at it, it's only one game, yeah. right? But in the playoffs, you know, I think they factor in where he talks about um, Kristen, our great nutritionist, mm-hmm. and how much Perugia. you're – your sleep and what you're putting in your body has more effect than trying to do that altitude training yep. and things like that. So, Although we've seen, though, as games wear on, the Canes get stronger because of true. everything that goes into it. So I'm, true. I'm not as concerned about that. I do think, though, that teams who come into PNC Arena have to be concerned because Carolina is, Shane, 21-4-2 in this building. You know, we, we always try to say the right things. Oh, you know, home home ice matters and... This, if you, but if you break the game down, everybody plays on the same ice surface now. It's not how it used to be where rinks actually used to be different sizes. Yeah. Teams used to have smaller rinks or bigger rinks. I remember out west when you were growing up, 
Calgary had the Olympic-sized rink or the bigger bigger rink. Boston, I think you could take three strides and you were end-to-end in the old Boston Garden, the way that worked. So the surface, the dimensions are the exact same. Boards can be a little bit different. You know, you get weird bounces there, things or that, but it's still the same size sheet of ice, you know, 200 by 75. So you have that put into place. What Shane was just talking about, though, what teams get from crowds, that little bit of extra oomph in the third period, that jolt at the start of a game, I can probably count on one hand the amount of teams that really get that from their crowd in the National Hockey League. And Carolina, for my money, just because I've seen it with my own eyes, they're at the top of the list. Montreal, when it's going, the Habs, they get rolling because the crowd gets rolling behind them, but that crowd can turn on them too. Yeah. Uh, Tampa's Tampa's crowd is really good now. Yep. Really, really good right now. The worst, and I believe you're going to agree with me, with zero jump off the hop, Toronto. Oh, yeah. There's nothing there. Because they're, they're sitting there waiting to what are The you most late arriving crowd ever, too. They've got all of the... All the suites are down low. Yeah, they're all underneath. underneath. Like, the worst by far. They have zero advantage in the playoffs. Yeah, none. Nashville's got a good crowd. Nashville does get going. Nashville down. gets some jump from that crowd, too. So, and then when it's hooting and hollering, two cities right now that uh, maybe a little bit on the downtime, one's coming up, one's going down. Detroit, they used to get a big boost playing in the Joe. Mm. They're waiting to get it going at the pizza box. Yeah, that is a beautiful arena, though. And then Chicago. Chicago got jump from the the fans at the United Center. I would say they're both on. Well, Detroit's on the way up. Is that what you're saying? That's what I'm saying. Detroit's on the way up in Chicago's. A lot of interesting decisions in Chicago as we approach the trade deadline, Michael. So at the recording of this, and uh, again, we like to bring Walt Ruff in just one or two times a show as a fact checker. Uh, Is March 21st correct, Walter? That is the trade deadline. That is correct. Monday, March 21st. Or Uh, 1 o'clock. It's probably a little bit later than that because of the West Coast. Yeah. We'll get Walter to get the exact time in. It's not noon because they got to get the West Coast going. I want to say it's like 3 or 4.30, something crazy like that. Like all the paperwork has to be filed by 3 o'clock. The GMs aren't up eating their pancakes like the guy on draft day. Yeah. (laughs) People are trying to sell me that that's a good movie, and I am a big Kevin Costner mark. I like pretty much everything Kevin Costner's done his entire career. You didn't like it? That's not how it works. My son and I loved it. That's not how it works. I think it does. In the movies, <laughs> yes. Did you not just see the trade made yesterday? Look at that ridiculous trade. I love Russell Wilson. He played here for the pack. Denver, you better win. You better win now because you just sold the house. I'm a Minnesota Vikings fan, and I saw that trade and immediately thought the Minnesota Vikings have just acquired Herschel Walker again. <laughs> So I Seattle, mean, congratulations on your Super Bowl I title mean, four years back from now. to back to our sport, the NHL. There is no trades that I've ever seen that resembles what the NFL does. Oh, there have been there have been ridiculous. Go back to, go back to the Gretzky deal. Mm. Actually, another big deal that was bad was the Ottawa Colorado when they Duchesned it. Yes, that was not good. No, it was not good for good Ottawa. for Ottawa. They got all the first round picks. What did it turn into? Stutzler. Didn't it turn into Stutzler and Kachuk? I was going to say, I thought Duchesne went from Colorado to Ottawa. No, I thought he went to Colorado first. And then this moved on. No, because that was the whole thing, that when is Joe Sackett going to trade Matt Duchesne? We've we've got technology. We can look this up. We'll search that up. Let's talk about the upcoming one. Okay, well, let's get into it. Everybody likes to know what's going to (laughs) happen. Who we trading for? 
<sighs> you tell me. Wow. Because you always want to have depth. And I had a great conversation this morning as I as I've told everyone what I like to do and become GM downstairs and make some I make some of the NFL trades that are just ridiculous. But sometimes and Don Waddell made a great point this morning in saying the trade deadline is always a day that can hurt an organization long term. Because only one team can win. A lot of trades are made. Only one person wins. So I think we overthink it sometimes. You think, oh, well, let's trade for this guy. We'll give up this, 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 and this. And I'm like, you got him for 10 games. And if you don't win, cripples you for years. Correct. So I think that's what this organization does very well when they're looking at things. And sure, they might want to add another defenseman. I would say that's probably, I mean, every team I think would add, love to add a depth defenseman of some kind. Um, you're not going to add a number one or two defenseman. No one's going to give that up to you. Or, you know, a cushion on Ford. I think the problem with every team and what management has to deal with is the salary cap. You cannot beat the salary cap. So, unless you have an injury, Tampa. Um, <laughs> but the Canes will need to make some things happen. And I'm more about what Rod talks about is that character player is going to fit into this room. I mean, this team is rolling right now. When you're sitting in first place... You can't sit there and tell me we should go out and get a 50-goal scorer. What for? Do you really need that? If you're sitting in first right now? But I think the depth defenseman is probably what is number one you know, yep. on the list. I'd probably lean the other way. I would just take more scoring if I could. That's, of course you just would. Just what I, goal what I do. Uh, just so you know. Yeah, read the uh, trade back to me. Uh, Matt Duchesne was traded in a three-team deal involving the Nashville Predators and Ottawa Senators from the Colorado Avalanche to Ottawa. Defenseman Sam Girard went from Nashville. Well, he's good. Yes. Uh, so he is... Good piece for Colorado. Yeah, he's in Colorado. We'll see him. Forward Shane Bowers from Ottawa. Ottawa's 2019 first-round draft pick that the Avs selected Bo Byram with. He's a good defenseman. Forward Vladislav Kamenev from Nashville. Nashville's 2018 second-round draft pick. Colorado traded the 58th round pick in number 64 and 146 for a goaltender and a defenseman who have not turned out yet. Ottawa's 2019 third round draft pick. The Avs also received goaltender Andrew Hammond from Ottawa in the trade. He played in one regular season game in 2018. The Hamburglar. Exactly. Who's back right now carrying the Montreal Canadiens. So, but you're thinking of when Ottawa flipped Duchesne to Columbus for picks when Columbus went all in because Duchesne was going to be a UFA. Yeah. So they did that. I forgot about that stop first. I think he went to Colorado. Yep. Nope. He went from Colorado to Ottawa. To there it is. Columbus to Nashville. That one was complicated. Yeah. But that was Sackett got everything he wanted. Yep. And it goes back to what you were talking about, though. Like, what is the need right now? And do you, do you reach for that shiny object? Do you think that that's the best thing right now? Now, I know that there are, are tales of two teams. You know, the teams that are in the, the bottom, knowing they're not in the playoffs, knowing that moves are going to be made, Shane. And then there are the teams at the top. And... It's tough when you're on a good team and you know you keep hearing your name. You might be involved in a deal. Hey, the team wants to get better. Team's looking at your position to try to improve. Mm. How do you block it out as a player? Or you you don't? You don't, really. Because it's amazing. And I can go back to when I was traded to Tampa. I remember someone told me that. The rumor started. And they're like, are you going to trade? I was like, what are you talking about? And they're like, you're the guy that they're talking about. I'm like, nah. 
Where there's smoke, there's fire. And I think as a player in different positions, you know what they're looking for. You have to be ready to go. I mean, you're not going to change the way you play. You're not going to go on the ice and be like, I'm going to play terrible so they don't trade me. Um, that's not built in anyone. But I think you mentally have to be just ready that you have to go and almost play well enough to prove to the team that you can fill that hole. You fill the role. So, you know, there's pieces, obviously, and I think Don and Rod both like this team. They would like to make the move without giving up anything. You know, or obviously give up a pick or a, maybe a guy from Chicago or a, a prospect that's playing in junior or overseas mm-hmm. and not shake the lineup at all, just have more. But we will have to wait and see. And that's the tough part right now because if you look at the Canes roster, as you said, depth defenseman, maybe a little bit more offense. But if you make these moves, somebody's got to come out of the lineup. Yep. And don't forget the Canes are going to be getting Tony D'Angelo back, who is going to miss about a month. Rod Brindamore talked about that this morning after Canes practice, saying the timeline for him with that mid-body injury is a month. Uh, a month he, from today? No, no, no. A month from when it happened. Okay. So it's been about three weeks. But Tony D'Angelo started skating, I believe Rod said today, that he was skating on his own. Mm. So, but he's on his own. He's not with the team. So again, there's no timeline to that. And you've got to And as you make keep sure winning, ready. you make sure he's ready. Well, it's there's how, no rush. How about how about a brilliant move that the Hurricanes made this past weekend that could you kind kind of could blink at it. They call up Alex Lyon to back up Auntie Ranta against the Seattle Kraken on Sunday because Frederick Anderson's not feeling hundred percent. And you buy Frederick Anderson a day off where he doesn't have to put on the equipment, sit on the bench, go through anything, just rest up. And part of it, it could be because everybody's like, well, when did it happen? Tom Wilson crashed into him in the, the Washington game. In Washington, the 4 nothing game will gloss over and say that's the highlight from it that we're referring to it because Frederick Anderson didn't play. But you steal moments like that for guys. You give them as much time as they can to heal because, you know, once we get to April, May, June, there's – you're not coming out of the lineup unless doctors yeah. are carting you off. That's Correct. usually how it, it happens. Correct. No, so. I, well, yeah. Just, as you said, a great move by organization and reading what they have. And, again, going back to the depth of having a guy like Alex Lyon or, you know, what a guy like Jalen Chatfield has done playing in that position since being put in. Done everything right for this team in the right spots against big teams and, They'll continue to come. Big game against Colorado. They get the Flyers, who always play hard here, and then back into Pittsburgh for that rematch that will be very edgy, if you will. Can we put on the our we're hockey fan hats and not yeah. we're, we work for the Canes and things that tie with that? Can we get seven games of Carolina and Pittsburgh in the playoffs <sighs> if, if we're going to get what we saw Last week between those teams, or this past week in between those teams, and please. Yeah, and only and when a when a credit card goes through the system that we know is a Penguins person, we don't sell that ticket because we want Canes people here. There's a lot of Pens fans in here. You know what? I I don't care. Can we put them in the upper deck? Sure. I don't care. <laughs> my my our thing, ushers care. My whole thing. It got heated in section one thirteen. My th- my whole thing's always been it, the color green mm. because that's what comes through. Because you and I both know, Shane, there were some years where you want people here. What you want is Canes fans to buy the tickets where the Pens fans can't get them. That's Mm -hmm. what I am gunning for. And I think we're starting to see that more and more and more and more and more and more. 
Yes. And more. Did I say more? Because I'll say more. Yes. Thank you. Is that your? Is that the matchup you're looking for? You want to play the pins? Just, just from a fan yeah. perspective of watching that hockey, because you know I said last week, uh, and it's only what five days since it happened, the uh, Friday game, and it feels like forever. But that had everything, mm-hmm. had everything you want as a hockey fan. Big saves, big goals, power plays, overtime. It did. It had, Fights. Yeah. It had a fight. And it was somewhat of a legit fight, too. Yeah, it was. I mean, we got off track again. We do. What about, who do you think, I mean, again, the Canes had one piece, two piece, depending on salary cap. Is there a team you think is going to be the busiest? Yeah, I I think they're, I think Arizona is going to be really busy. But it's, it's moving pieces out. It's. They can be involved in in big deals because they can absorb cap space. Just in my words, and everyone's gonna laugh. Who knows me? Just getting more gross. Probably, yeah. For lack of a better term. So, uh, that, it's disappointing what's happening there. I expect the Flyers to be active, but I don't know for what. Yeah, they get a couple of pieces. Obviously, Giroux number one. They're talking about Ritzalainen going. Does he fit in? I mean, they made so many moves this summer that didn't really work, but they've been plagued with injury too. The, the Sabers are going to be active, but they're all they're they're trading parts. They're not trading anything. They already traded their big piece. The so one team to watch is the Rangers. They got like making a big move. They have a lot of space. They have a lot of cap space. Well, I, I they don't. have Shersteekin is carrying their load. He he. Line, by the way, line number three and four are not that good. He by the way, I'm not a fan of this, and this goes back to a lot of my baseball fandom. There is a an award for the best pitcher, so I don't like giving the award for the best pitcher. Also, the MVP award, which goes to the best player. Yeah. But goaltender, while goaltenders don't play every game the way that forwards and defensemen do, Igor Shostak, can you take him off of the Rangers? They're not in this position. No. So no. This, this is one of those rare years where I'm looking at what he's done, and I'm like, you might have to vote him the Hart Trophy winner, the MVP for the league for what he's done. If he he's got to carry it through, and there's still what twenty five games left, yeah. give or take, on average twenty five games for everybody left. Yeah, um, he's still got to get to the finish line for that. The other teams, it's funny because you asked that, like who's going to be busy? I'd figure Seattle would be busy, but but what are they? They're trading those guys you're talking about, third line guys, fourth line guys. Yeah, depth. I don't see a blockbuster happening. I I might be completely wrong. Chicago should be busy. Does Nashville move? Does one of those big guys in Nashville go? Do they trade Patrick Kane? Chicago? If I'm Chicago, I'd trade Patrick Kane. Would you trade Alex Dabrinkit? No, because I can still build with him. But I trade Patrick. But arguably, he's your most valuable asset. You would have to give me. This is going to sound odd saying this because we're still talking about Patrick Kane, who just a few years ago won a league MVP and can still play at an extremely high level. There's more years of Alex Dabrinkit playing at a high level than Patrick Kane. Right. So, But if you're going full rebuild... You're going to get more pieces for Debrinket than you are for Patrick Kane. True. That's and that's what I'm saying. I have to get yeah. the right deal for that because you know how unpopular it's going to get in Chicago, and it's already there now. They're very. So, if if I'm Chicago, and some team is looking for a third line or a fourth line center, I'd be like, Jonathan Taves. You feel like making a run someplace else? Well, Ryan gets left out of Anaheim. Yeah. Those are guys that Anaheim, I think, is going to be a busy team because Anaheim has they a are lot on of a useful, downward spiral. But they have a lot of useful parts 
a lot of, and I say parts, and they have some big ticket items that teams would want to add. I think there's going to be, it's going to be a lot of small, 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 yeah, all day long, and then all of a sudden, boom, somebody's going to make a big deal. Yeah, it'll be. I mean, it's an exciting day every year. Which I was going to ask you, going, you asked me which team's going to be the busiest, and I took it from you know the teams looking to move parts. Yeah. Which playoff team do you think is going to be the busiest? You said the Rangers. You think it'll be? Them? I think it'll be the Rangers. And I, I, the only reason I lean on that is because of how much cap space they have. I think they're one of the teams with the most space that are in the playoffs to do something like that. That's the only reason I think the Rangers will be busy. That's in the playoffs. I do not disagree with that whatsoever. I think you're 100% right. Because when you look at the teams, you look at where they're at for cap space, um, Put this in order. And thanks to the uh, best thing ever, Cap Friendly. It really is. Can we give some credit to Cap Friendly? The guys who do this so we all just steal off of their work <laughs> for eternity is amazing. Um, you're looking at teams with current cap space. <laughs> I mean, the Coyotes have $25 million in cap space. The Devils have $28 million in cap space. No one... Someone add P.K. Uh, Subban, they're trading him. It's the current cap space that they're at. I'm looking yeah. at projected. Talks of P.K. Subban on the move. All right, projected cap space. Montreal, Pittsburgh, Vegas, Vancouver, Chicago, Edmonton, Dallas, Carolina, Winnipeg, Washington, Tampa Bay have zero cap space. Zero. Projected. Projected zero. That's uh, tough to make a move. Buffalo has $13 million. That's the leader in the clubhouse for projected cap space. Make some moves. Buffalo, Buffalo, Anaheim, Detroit, Ottawa, Columbus, Nashville. Nashville's got cap space. So if they want to keep guys, they can keep guys. They're, they're, that's To me, that's the team that's in the most dangerous position. That you're on the line of getting in. And you make a move that hurts you long term. Well, that's, that's why you have to be smart about all this. Like, I just think it's strange to talk of trading Philip Forsberg. Because they're not sure if they can sign him because they have... Well, those other contracts other are Duchesne and Johansson. Exactly. Yossi's mm. worth it, so I'm glad you didn't yeah, bring up that I wasn't going to say his name. But Soros. How about, a team like the, how about a team like the New York Islanders? They're not going Sell. anywhere this year, but their players are locked up. Mm. Like long-term deals. Yeah. So it's going to well, be interesting. Yeah. It's gonna, so I'm going 12 to, days away. I'm, gonna, I'm going to... I'm going to put this one out here. If you like it, you can take it. If you don't, send it right back. There will be no blockbuster trades before or during the trade deadline. (coughs) And a blockbuster trade is defined as a star player moving out of his current address. No, I'm sending it back. Okay. It happens. I hope you're you're right. Yeah. Hockey is a better place when we get trades. If somebody makes a move that, again... Buddy, buddy gets on the line, <laughs> and they talk to their buddy, and they eat some cap space. Look here, guy. I'm going to get this guy. What you're going to do is take the $2 million in cap space that I can't afford. I'm going to give you another pick, and we're going to make this happen. That's what happened last year for David Savard going to Tampa. Detroit ate the money for a first-round pick. That will happen. Oh, that you're going to see happen. And that's where you, you just got to find a dance buddy. No, that's where former Carolina Hurricane Stanley Cup champion and now current general manager with all of the cap space that I just told you about 
Kevin Adams, that's where you call Kevin and be like, hey, we're going to give you draft picks and you're going to absorb this salary for us. Yeah. Or we'll give you a prospect and you're going to absorb this salary because he's still looking for that. They're still, he's still building. They're still building. Yeah. You know, they're, they got whatever. It's a great pick. Arizona's the same way. Let's text them. Do you want to get grosser, Arizona? We have a way of making you more gross. So gross. I I don't get it. We're going to trade you the 5,000 people to fill your stadium next year. (laughs) (laughs) Too too much? Did I step over the line there? you You say this, you know what I hope for? I hope it's an awesome atmosphere in there. I really do. I want it to be. I hope the league steps in and moves them. <laughs> you can't play in that. We're to a point now where I don't want to say it's all gone, but it feels like it's all gone. Mm. I do want to talk to you about great combinations okay. though, and what makes them click. Yep. The Carolina Hurricanes combination of Sebastian Ajo and Tavo Teravainen yep. are now the all-time leader in points combined on a common goal, meaning yeah. a goal is 178? scored. Uh, Walter? I said it the other night. I think it was 178 during, Walter, before the game. It was uh, how many times have Teravainen and Ajo combined on a goal now? I think it's I think it's a little less than that because it was 171. They passed Ron Francis and Kevin Deneen. Yeah. Maybe I think it was 172. I think, I, I think they're at 174 now. Okay. Yep. They're in that 174. Dynamic. Yeah. So you grew up in the yep. wilds of Sylvan Lake in yep. Alberta. There was a pretty good... Like, God, I'm Maybe older. I'm way, be... I'm way older than you, uh, but I, I know that you might have caught glimpses of, of Gretzky and Curry. Yeah, that's all I watched. So that's all I watched, and I mean, just amazing when you watch duos from your eyesight. Because I can tell you, oh, they're good, they're fast. But <laughs> you played in the league, man. When you see that, when guys are sitting on the bench in the NHL tapping each other, going, "Did you see that?" Yeah. What is it about those? Two players that just seem to click the way that these two do here in Carolina. It is, I don't even know if it's, it's self-awareness of knowing what each other's going to do before they do it. They know where the, the moves they're going to make. They play together for so long. They hang out off the ice all the time. I'm not sure if they talk about it during the saunas at Ajo's house, but that's the thing. When you when you gel with a centerman as a winger, it's just natural. Like everything just clicks. And you see him going, he's like, Oh, he's about to do this. I'm gonna move to this hole. And the center or whoever is passing it knows, yep, that's where he is. They don't even look. Aho barely looked knowing Teravina was standing there just the other night on the power play. And it was in the back of the net. It's just that, you know, sixth sense if you want to call it, just the common knowledge of knowing each other's games inside and out. That makes duos dynamic, if you will. Now you go with like another duo in Backstrom and Ovechkin. Their duo is more because Backstrom's such a great passer on yeah. the power play, right? Five on five, I don't think they have that generating style because Ovi scores so many of the same style goals. But there are a few around dynamic top top duos. You know, Bergeron Marchand. Yeah. But what if something happens to Ovi? Who's Becky gonna? Ask the puck to. I, yeah. love that. I, I do like that commercial. commercial. I don't like the Cavs, but that is a funny <laughs> commercial. But you talk about that knowledge of the center knows where the winger's going to be. The winger can't anticipate, hey, he's going to put it there. I'm going to go get it. I think part of the the chemistry between those two, though, is, is Teravine did come up as a center. Like He was projected to be a center. I think he sees the game as that. But 
there are times where you ask a center to play wing and it doesn't work that way. It it works for Teravine and the passes that he makes. Do you think there's anything to, and this is going to be like, I, we're going to get deep here, buddy. Sorry. But do you think there's anything to that they're both Finnish, so they both came up playing hockey under that system, seeing the game that way? Yeah, system and style. That's, I think definitely there's the, that works into a factor because you can play, again, the European game growing up is different. Yep. And, you know, sometimes it takes use to getting playing with a guy with that kind of skill. That, I mean, now I think the skill levels are different the way the game is played. But when those guys first come in, you know, it is different in those situations. So, yeah, I do think that goes to it. I, I just, they're a joy to watch. Uh, and now the way that Andrei Svechnikov has established himself on that line, and they're just fun to watch. And how about the maturity continuing to, develop with Andrei Svechnikov's game, not just offensively. How many times the last five, six games have we seen him come back, make a play in his own zone, back check? He did it on Crosby in the Pittsburgh game. He had one in the Caps game. Just you know that it comes to be a part of it. And I keep thinking, man, look how mature he is. And then I look over at his age, and my finger always goes (laughs) to, he's 21 years old, soon to be 22. But, I mean, how hard is it? You know, you're a goal scorer coming up. Andre Svechnikov is a goal scorer coming up. In juniors, you know what coaches care about? Score goals. We score more goals. We win lots of games. Yeah. Um, he played for one of the best centermen of his era, Del Howardchuk, who uh, sadly, again, lost. And I hate to – I'm going to use the Norm McDonald line. He tied his battle with cancer because when you go, so does cancer, so it's a tie. Mm. Um, so along those lines. But he played for Del Howardchuk. You know, go play offense, although Howardchuk was a pretty good two-way centerman. I'm just asking, how hard is it for a guy your whole life? You score goals, score goals. Uh, you got to get back. You got to play D. You got to you got to learn to read. You got to learn to read plays the other way, not in the offensive zone, but what they're trying to do to us. Well, I think that's the difference between a kid who has a very very long career compared to a kid who has a flash, gets bounced around from team to team, and then is out of the game at year five and six, because Andre. You mentioned who he played for in Dale Howardchuck and now Rod Brennamore. I mean, a lot of that circumstance comes into play, too. Mm-hmm. Being put in situations for this young man to thrive. I mean, with this organization, he has absolutely had that from, you know, his pa- uh, number one, it's Andre's passion to play this game and how much he loves it. I mean, everyone leaves this arena and we get to see it and people don't talk about it because it's really, you know, when you go back to a guy doing what he does. When this building empties out and everyone goes home, there are times when Andre puts skates back on and comes back out on the ice and shoots pucks and works on his craft and continues to look at that side. But then when he goes in off the ice, he's sitting there totally dialed in and listening to Rod and Jeff Daniels and the defensive side of the puck. Because you can see it, as you mentioned, in his game these past few on some of the plays he's made, how physically strong he is becoming on the boards to not lose those battles and not make those young youthful mistakes that young players make. He makes the smart play because puck possession and those plays are so important, especially when you face teams that can turn it around. I mean, Pittsburgh had a 2 nothing lead just because the Canes gave it to him with two turnovers. That's all it was. Yep. And then they took over the game because they managed the puck better later, and Andre is becoming so good at doing those things and seeing the game so well. The other thing that I've noticed for his game is he's kind of realized if I get hit... And it might not seem above board. 
he doesn't immediately turn around and retaliate the way that he did a season ago. Now it's like, okay, I got your number. I'll find you later. And and that's a big thing because you know it's real easy when somebody, you know, puts the butt into the stick in your ribs along the boards or comes up high on you. Your instinct is to turn around and give them a slash, you know, give them the business and go from there. So that's part of the maturity. Walter, were we right? What's uh, what's the number for uh, 174? 174 times Aho and Teravainen have combined on goals. Uh, speaking of goals, the guys who stop it, how encouraged are you with the play of Auntie Ranta? The last three games that he's been in the nets for the Hurricanes, I could go four as well. I'll go that Detroit game, Shane. <laughs> Detroit. I know people look at the standings and see a team that's got a losing record. Detroit's got some parts and they play fast. And for whatever reason, when they see the Hurricanes, they just they get blood in their eyes. They're ready to go. I mean, we go. I go back to everything Rod talks about. He's so right on everything. He's like, there's there's not a team in this league that can't go. When you give them, as you mentioned, a little blood in the water, because everyone can see it, and a coach will feed a team like that. If he sees the Canes, you know, they're off a bit tonight, boys. This is our shot. Fire up a young group, no problem. Right? What do they have to lose? They're supposed to lose that game. Those games are easier to play in for Detroit. You know, look at the game last night where they get absolutely dusted. They were flipping. I thought Mike Keenan was coaching. He pulled the goalies six times, I thought, putting Ned back and forth in the net. I mean, just get dusted. In their own barn. But as you said, you give anyone a little bit of room and they get a little bit of life and they get a little confidence. There's not a team in this league you can overlook. Ferranta, his last three games, technically four. Let's go back to where he got his 100th victory, that win in Pittsburgh. His last four games, he's facing, he's faced 34 shots, 41 shots, 24 shots, 30 shots. His save percentage all above 900. uh, And he has gotten a record of 3-0-1 in those four games. That's exactly what, in years past, that's exactly what you've needed out of the backup goaltender mm. that five, six years ago you didn't get. You started to get it. You got it three years ago when you had Morazic and McElhaney, and then you had it with Morazic and Reimer and, and Ned for well, the last two. And now you're, you expect it now if you're Carolina with these two guys, with Anderson and Ronta. Well, and ultimately going to every one of our fans who wondered the moves the Canes were making. What are we doing in net? You are better in both positions now. James Reimer had some great games last year, but you cannot sit here on Wednesday, March 9th, and tell me the Canes goaltenders, both of them, are better than we've ever had these past couple years. You can't. Because both Freddie Anderson and Auntie Ronta have been amazing. I would like to go back and talk to Auntie a little bit, maybe in these next couple of days, because he talked about the Kane system and how he was still, you know, kind of settling in. He's starting to really feel comfortable. And I was like, I thought the Kane system would be a little easier than what you faced in Arizona. But it's an interesting comment and in how he's finally, again, every player when you get somewhere new, it's not a light switch for everybody. It doesn't just automatically work. It takes time to, you know, his sight lines and playing in this arena, all of those things come into play. And the system is one of those too. So, but he is right there right now. I mean, he has been real good, real good. And you, you know, you go into this game and it's Colorado and Philly Saturday. And I mean, you have to be, and then you, Pittsburgh again on you Sunday. You have to be thinking you go Ronson Pitt again. I mean, He's played so well against them. I know. I would I would throw him one more time. 
Some guys seem to know how to play well against other teams, and he's got two wins against Pittsburgh. Yep. But here's the thing now. There's no more, should we? There's. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's a natural. We're right. gonna it's go kind over. of an easy decision. So, hey, Anderson, Anderson's tired. Okay. Put the other guy in. Yeah. <laughs> Freddie, how are you feeling? Uh, I heard an eh. Okay. You mean auntie? We'll go with that. And you got it. And you know this now, too. You got to have it. You have to. You got to have two goaltenders in today's day and age. And I'll I'll be even honest with you. I'm pretty I'm pretty confident with what I saw out of Alex Lyon. If you know if you called him up and you need another game, that St. Louis game he was brilliant. He'll give you some solid goaltending, and that's what the Canes have right now. They're they're kind of three deep at the position. You you oh you don't want to dip much deeper than that. Right. But you know the Canes in years past, all these teams looking for goaltending, you know. Kane's got it right now. Yeah. And keep playing it. Uh, we got some questions, Shane. Let's go. This one is suited for you. Oh, boy. From is it about hair product? Oh, <laughs> you got it. You're having a good one. <laughs> I found some good stuff uh, on uh, on Amazon. Amazon? Yeah. I didn't even know they sold hair product. Uh, they do. Oh, yeah. It's there for I never get packed the, any of that in my get, days. Get the prime, my man. <laughs> LA looks for you. I no, can tell. No. You had the green LA looks, super <laughs> no. mega hold. I'm past the LA looks. Oh, the yellow LA looks? The yeah, super duper mega super hole. Super strong. The one that you could, you know, fix your car with. Well, with the edge of Brill Cream. <laughs> <laughs> the shine of Brill Cream and the hold of LA looks. Oh, golly. So, this is from the Carolina Junior Canes. At Junior Canes. Channeling your inner coach, Rod. What's your one piece of advice that he slash you guys would give our Junior Canes heading to nationals? Well, it just so happens I have a coach who coaches junior teams, and he yeah. gives these speeches all the times. Yeah. Time. Congratulations, first of all, to these teams that are heading out to nationals. Actually, the one team I, you know, being a coworker of one of the dads, I did send a couple voice messages into the locker room during their Charlotte districts. But to me, there isn't anything really you're going to practice going into these things. Mm-hmm. And what I told this group and this team who played so well, and it's a, to me it's all about looking around the room and looking at your teammate and saying, I'm going to go as hard as I can for that guy. And the realization when you're in big games and you're going to nationals and you're in championship games that you're not playing for yourself, you become better as one. And you find another level. And it's about reaching down and trying to challenge yourself. Even these young kids, I tell them all the time, there's more. Oh, I can't is not a word. You have more in the tank all the time. And our group and our coaching staff with the Junior Canes have done such a great job, and I can't wait to, to see what these kids do when they get in those moments. There's always going to be the nervous reaction. Sure. How about nervous? It's excitement. Yeah. Right? Butterflies. It's the good stuff. Just go do it because you everything you did to get there wasn't about what you practiced the week going in. It was about playing together as hard as you could. And doing your job for that guy sitting beside you. And to me, that's the biggest thing with our kids. I can riff off. You can use this one anytime you want. Somebody says can't to you. Just look them right in the eyes and go, can't, never could. That's true. Think about that's that. That's a good one. Uh, no, my, my advice is you work so hard to get there, enjoy it. Don't think about what could happen or if this doesn't. In, enjoy it. You know what to do because it got you there. There's no reason to do anything different. No. The other, the other realization is, hey, you know what? Their team's going to score. 
they're going to hit you, and you're going to get penalties. Yeah. Part of the game. Yeah. And guess what? You're going to score. You're going to hit them. Yeah. And they're going to take penalties. Yeah. So play your game and have fun playing it because here's the other thing. Shane, you know it because you've lived it at the professional level. I played some sports here and there. It goes by in an instant. Mm. So enjoy it. Yep. Have When you're out there, when it's time to get in between the boards and play, you play. But it's always the, the guys, the best players are the ones who in the moment understand, like, I'm here to win. I want to win. But I'm having fun because this is what I'm doing and I'm good at it. Yep. And you're just as good as the other team across the way. You know what? They play the games till the clock hits zero for a reason. They just don't look at the teams on paper and say, oh, well, this team advances. Yep. So just go and do your job and have fun. Enjoy it. Best of luck. I'm not allowed to give a lot of speeches because I usually work a little bit more colorful <laughs> than what I, I did. Depends on the age. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> uh, this is from Eric. First, thank you to the organization for showing around the arena to the women's junior team. As for a question, what is your opinions on Jalen Chatfield? I've watched him with the Wolves. I'm excited to see him fit in in the NHL. I have loved his game because of what he brings for a guy who's called up. And, and Shane, you know, a lot of times, especially the defensive position, you're called up and you're afraid. And I hate using that term, but it's like, I, I can't I can't jump up. I'm a call up. You know, I can't. Yeah. I can't deliver this hit because I I need to be here. He doesn't have that to his game. He sees he sees a read, and this is why I love the system and what the coaching staff with Rod Brindamore, Jeff Daniels, and Tim Gleason have implemented. You're on the ice, go play the game. You know, and if you make a mistake, just don't do it again. But they've given the players the opportunity to go make plays. Jalen Chatfield has read plays. He's struck you know, he's streaking down the wing. He's filling the center lane, coming down the back door looking for passes. He's physical. Uh, I think he's fitting really well. I, I've liked his game. Uh, I, I mean, I'm not going to be a guy who sits here and says, well, he needs to work on this or work on that. I just like the fact that the Canes are down two defensemen in two valuable defensemen in Tony D'Angelo and Brendan Smith and Jalen Chatfield has come in and you're not looking at him going, well, we can only play this guy six minutes a night. He's, well, he's he's fit in perfectly with his team. Number one, and going back to talking to all the kids out there, and the part of your craft you need to be work on the most is your skating. And Jalen Chatfield has that. He can skate, and he can move, and he can defend. But I go back to when we hear Rod talk about, we look at people. We look at character people that we want to be part of our organization. Jalen Chatfield was undrafted. Mm-hmm. So... The work he put in and the path that he took to get here, I think helps him. I think you see that in his game because he knows. Every day when he comes here, the work he puts in is like, this is not going to be my last. I'm not going anywhere. And and that fuels this guy every single day when you see him. And you can see him playing that way in a game with that fiery passion because he doesn't want to come out. And he's played so well, I agree with you, since he's been put in. All right, this question from Stuart Miller. Do you think that the Canes should have a ring of honor? I'm going to amend that. I'm going to go with what the Philadelphia Flyers have done. A few other teams have done it. Um, some teams have not kept up with the tradition, but I think that it it's going to go on 25 years next season when the Canes are the Carolina Hurricanes. Think about that. Next year, Shane, 25 years they will have been here 
in the North Carolina region from Greensboro to Raleigh. I think a Hall of Fame. Because that way you can start honoring a lot of players because you get into, I know that there's always, you know, you get this. Should they retire this guy's number? How about that yeah. guy? I like a Hall of Fame. Because you, you can't retire every number, even if they were your favorite player. But yeah. a Hall of Fame for guys who were key contributors to a cup run, a big moment in time, you know, leaders in the, the franchise history for certain things. I'm, I'm a big proponent for creating like a Hall of Fame for the Carolina Hurricanes. Yeah, and I think it's a way, again, it's very difficult to decide what jerseys or numbers should go in the rafters. Right. I mean, that is that is a big step, and we've seen a few of these past few weeks in different organizations, a first in Nashville, first in Columbus, key members there. But Stu asked this question? Yep, Stuart. Stuart, um, your suggestion and everything Mike just said, all I'm going to say is stay tuned. Oh, Breaking news. Thank you. Let me get that out there for us. Uh, this is from Jared Ellis. Will you guys wear matching red suits with Trip Tracy if a playoff series goes to game seven? Sure. Yeah, why not? But Trip doesn't have the red jacket anymore. He donated it for charity. Well, as the boys say in Anchorman, when they need to go do something, they go and buy suits. <laughs> The three of us will just head to Belk. We're going to go to the... Sh- we'll head to Belk where I got that purple one. This, You have no idea. Yeah. You are such a good person. You are one of my better <laughs> friends on this planet. The fact that you walk into Belk, I got a, a guy. Suit, pick a suit off the rack, and it looks like it's tailored for you. I got a guy. It's the only time I get angry at you. But we'll go. You're like, look at this. I got just, this. Just send back the picture of the anchorman and them jumping up in the air outside. That'll be the three of us. <laughs> going to the sh- we're going to the suit store. Where'd you buy your suits? I'm taking that. We'll put on yeah. something fancy. Yeah, we'll do something. I'll be in. I'll be in for that. Uh, my mom keep my mom keeps trying to get me to wear a bow tie. I'm just not a bow tie guy. <laughs> Did you watch the TV show Justified? No. Okay, then we got to skip this one. Uh, but we were asked. Is just, it good? Justified. Yeah, it's uh, it's creating another run. This time they'll be in Detroit. How great was that show? It's a really good show. I'm not, I'm not much of a TV guy. No, it's it's you can binge it. It's pretty good. I watch sports and then I go to bed early. Eh, pretty much here. Uh, let me see what else we have here. Um, oh, we have a response to: Will you guys wear the matching suits? That was quick. Moose has asked us. You got to, brother. <laughs> All right, we have a request. Moose, I think we will. Uh, have the Canes looked into, this is Iron Kaniac, have the Canes looked into getting one of their players or alumni a cameo on the Mighty Ducks Game Changers, which recently started production for Season 2. We're currently working on getting Walter Ruff a cameo on that. Really? Yes. Good luck, Walt. Walt is going to be a reporter for the other team slandering the Mighty Ducks and Game Changers. (laughs) Figured you could play the heel. No. If you want to be the good guy, there's still time, Walter. Hey, we're, we're just workshopping the idea with the creators at Disney Plus. Throwing it around. Spitballing it. Throw this against the wall. Nothing. See if it sticks. No, he's got nothing. Hey, we take these Twitter questions. Do we take text questions? Yeah, absolutely. Someone sent me one. Oh, yeah. I'm in on this one. Let's go. I'm going to say this from this is from B. Rice. He said, whoever is in net for the Canes seem to always perform well or exceed expectations. Why do you think that is? I think the group in front of them has a lot to do with it. Uh, the fact that there is a commitment, not just from the guys who are labeled defensemen, but I think there's a 
commitment from the five players in front of the goaltender to come back to do what they need to do. I think the system that Rod Brindamore has this team play that he has put his fingerprints on and adjusted and tweaked to it has something to do with it. And I also think that the the level of goaltending of Frederick Anderson and Auntie Ranta is really good. I think Alex Lyon, who I talked about earlier, he is a guy who can play in the NHL. So I think it's a little hand in glove. I think the skill of this organization is as high as it's ever been. I think that the attention to detail that they have, the passion that they have to play for each other on the ice to do the right things, I think it all goes together. Yeah, I completely agree with you. Um, skill level, I love the pressure they play with. I think it's so hard to create chances and, and scoring opportunities in the offensive zone because of how the Canes pressure. I agree with you on the talent of our goaltenders. And I'm going to factor in one other part. And I go back to this community and this arena and the, our fans. This is one market that falls in love with every player when you pull that jersey on. Sure. The goaltenders included. Never. Uh, well. Well, our goaltenders. It's very rare that in a loss of the Carolina Hurricanes that anyone is bashing our goaltenders. I need to take you back in time to when well, I Well, no, hosted, I'm talking right now. <laughs> you know, when, I, when I used to host a little show after hockey games on but the But I, so I, I will stick up for the guy that you were talking about, oh, I, too. I will stick up for that guy. I'll go for that guy to the wall. Oh, I, I, I did. I will continue to do so. Yes, but, you know, from... And I'm just looking at it from a fan media perspective. And I'm just talking about a guy in Freddie Anderson. Mm-hmm. The difference between the goaltender being in a Toronto Maple Leafs to here is worlds apart of the way he was treated. And I think that feeling that they have also contributes to the way they play. Agreed. Uh, there's nothing else to... Hopefully we covered that for you, 100%. Nothing else to add to it. Uh, Blake has asked us with an anniversary right around the corner. There's been some talk about the Canes introducing a 25th anniversary team. Who would be in your lineup if this becomes a reality? Uh, it's a good question, Blake. You want to hold off till the 25th anniversary? They ju- they did a 20th anniversary. <laughs> How many guys? The whole team? Well, I said a, a team. So, I mean, we do we do four lines, three D pairs, two goalies. Like, how do we do this? That's a lot. Um you just want to do, like, if we're doing a, a line, how do you do a how do you do a line, one line in Kane's history? You can't and not no and not have it have it be somebody besides these three names, Rod Brindamore, Eric Stahl, and Ron Francis. How do you say like? And I know you can say, well, they're all centers, but if you're just asking me to put a line together, I mean, do I have it's to a go good line? Do I have to go left wing? Can center, we go with right a power wing? play unit. <laughs> Um, There's so many. I think I think it's going to be part of something. I'm I'm excited for I the 25th be anniversary sure. because there's so many things that are in the hopper that will continue to come out to excite our great fans that have been here for the 25 years. But, I mean, if we're building a whole team, Justin Williams is on it. Yeah. Aho and Tara Vinen have to be on it. Andre Svechnikov right now, you put him on it, but then who do you take off? Because you, you got to go back to. When the team moved here, there were some key component guys in those early years when, you know, it was kind of lean, but they, they grew the game here. They made it important. I, I mean, it's it's tough, but I'm sure it'll be done. Uh, this from Howie. No questions this time. Just keep up the good work. You two have fun today. Also, if you want to leak the outdoor sweater concepts, uh, you can reply here with them. Just saying. Will do, Howie. 
Uh, speaking of sweaters, this is from Kurt. Thoughts on teams optimizing uniform combos as not to share colors during games for clear for clear delineation. Canes and Red Wings brought this to mind, meaning they both wear red and white. No, there's nothing you can do because <laughs> both teams wear red and white. I guess so he's saying there with Detroit. Here's the hard part. Like the Canes the trainers, red, the, the Canes red is similar to the Red Wings red is what he is I think eventually getting to. Right, but I think what he is also saying is why don't the Canes wear black? Sure, he could be, but I think he's also when he goes as not to share colors during games. I get that. The Canes should wear yeah. black when they play the Red Wings. But sure. then, but then they're going to have to wear white all the time. Although I guess you could play a game and again, red versus black uniforms. I tip my cap and I thank these guys. I didn't thank them enough when I played. But with the work the trainers do and the time they put in, they do not want to be hauling around three trunks of jerseys. When you on the road, they take one set and they, they wash it. Yep. They don't want to pack three. No. That's a lot of work. Bob Gorman, George Alves. The amount of sticks they take. Just saying. <laughs> Nick Waugh. Before that. The legendary Skippy Cunningham, the work those guys do behind yeah. the, the scenes. It is unbelievable. Yes. All right. This is from David Johnson. Can the Canes trade Bear for a defenseman? Yes, they can. Sure. Will they? I don't know. I don't think so. They I could trade they like anybody him. except Mike and I, basically. Well, <laughs> I think you're safe. Me on the other <laughs> no, hand. I don't, I don't think they would trade us. Eh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, along these lines, Blake Morgan. Should we expect to see any contract extensions after the trade deadline, or are we oh. waiting till the off season at this point? Do you you don't need to do one because you've only no. you've only got about a month and a half left. I mean, if you have it done, I guess why wait? I like the stance this organization has, and and we don't we don't have any knowledge of this, but there may be some things that are being talked about that get put in place but are not announced. That is a big factor when you talk about locker room, what these guys are focused on that during this stretch in playoffs, you do not need in the room. As a player, you don't need it. If it's going to get done, it can get done in the summer. Yeah. Like, there's no need to sign it now or get it out of the way. Um, so I, I like our stance on, from the organization that, you know, we're getting to a point where those talks aren't even really happening. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure the agent calls every now and again. You, well, the agents contact. always call. They're yeah. trying to get paid. But you... you <laughs> <laughs> We'll leave it at that. <laughs> All right. This one from Kevin. It's going to go a little deep, Shane. Might catch you off guard. What song best defines the spirit of the Hurricanes this year? For me, it's Gimme Shelter by the Stones, since I always feel they're just a shot away from scoring, especially true when the team is tied or down a goal. And then added, If you like it, you can take it. If you don't, send it right back. I'm going to send it back because if you listen, and I love the Rolling Stones. I don't know that song. It's a great song. You'd know it if I played it <laughs> okay. for you. Like you'd be like, "Oh, that's the name of the I'm song." I'm horrible at name that tune. I understood. There's a couple of lines in that song. No, I don't <laughs> tie into what the Carolina Hurricanes are about or doing this year. Uh, you know, now that I think that I had a couple in the the shoot ready to go. Um, a couple of tragically hip songs ready to go mm -hmm. for sure, but. You could go with a "Ain't No Stopping Us Now." There's so to. many. Um, there, you just look at this team. You can go to the one that they take the ice to. By the Scorpions, rock you like a hurricane. I know that that's low hanging fruit, but it's right there. You can always go with the Nickelback song. You can. <laughs> 
burn it to the ground. <laughs> if you would. Yeah. Uh, I'm just I'm throwing that out there. I get I get what Kevin was going for. Yeah, I like that. That's going to take longer. We'll think of one before next time. Uh, we'll come up with a good one. Kid go with little bones. Just saying. That's, that's good. Two fifty for a highball, and a buck and a half for a beer. <laughs> $5 for a storm brew. <laughs> Brought to you by R&D Brewing. Fine, fine sponsor of this podcast. Or, or if you come by a watch party, they're only three. You can't beat it. Seriously, you're telling me this right now. I'm calling yep. games and you're getting storm brews. Yeah, remember when bucks. I was texting you when I was in Garner? Yes. yes. $3. Well, that explains the one text thing. <laughs> uh, let me see here. We've got... All right. Let's finish it with this. Okay. Our buddy Ross. Ross. Has 51 questions, give or take. Okay. One for you, one for me, one for both of us, and then a rapid fire like it, take it. If not, send it back. Here we go. Ready. Shane, you've coached a lot of, and he went Utes. I'm going to say it's the youth. Let's not yeah. go uh, yeah. my cousin Vinny here for the moment. Utes. For the kids who are relatively new to hockey, what would you say are the top three things? Three, it's one question. He's asking you top three things. Yeah. See where I say 51 questions. Yep. Gosh, Elliot Friedman does 32 questions, and you just do this in like two tweets. Top three things they should keep in mind each time they get on get out on the ice. Oh, and then another one. Let's tack one on to the question, which is now at four. Does that advice change as they improve and mature? Well, yeah, yes. as you get older, the advice definitely yeah, it does changes. Change. Number one, you mentioned it earlier, enjoy every second. Number two, skating, skate. Just because you may have a rocket shot and you can't skate, it's no good. Skate. And then my third biggest point is when you want to learn the game, watch the game. Watch what the elite do. See the game. Pass the puck. So many young kids are going, I can really go score coast to coast. The earlier you pass, the better. You're going to get it back. So those would be my top three. All right. Now this one for me. Uh, you do a terrific job calling the games. Buttering me up does not make me any less perturbed your six questions. at the five million <laughs> questions to follow. Uh, what sounds like smooth to us is the result of hard work for you. How do you prepare for a broadcast? Also, it seems like you spend so much energy doing it. How do you wind down after an emotional tilt? So, um, how do I prepare for a broadcast? It's a lot of reading, a ton of going over notes that are provided by the league. You try to find stories on the opposition. Uh, you get uh, subscriptions to certain websites and you read news clippings, you go back and watch games. You know, there's, there's certain people who you know, can say they project to here or there. I usually am just focused on the next two opponents. So in particular, like if we're talking about Colorado and Philadelphia coming up next, I have Colorado's last two games, you know, DVR'd at home, you know, go back and watch them. You, you talk to, the other broadcasters and, and folks you know, uh, when you get the opportunity to do it, you show up for practices, make sure that you get around the team and you're around that way. Um, I like to joke I was a terrible student, and I do more homework now than I did when I was ever in school. Uh, so that's about it. But there's a lot of homework that goes into it, a ton of reading. I tell everybody who wants to get into broadcasting, Shane, you better enjoy reading because like 90% of this job is reading and then being able to bring in what you read and being able to present it in a smaller, 
more concise form when you're going to broadcast it. Uh, wind down, sometimes you don't. <laughs> like some games, uh, I know. some games I get home and... Scotch, scotch, scotch. <laughs> <laughs> Here it goes down. <laughs> Tastes so good. Uh, he, I ate a whole wheel of cheese once <laughs> down into my belly. Uh, you know, when, you, when I go home, it depends on how the game goes. Sometimes I watch the game back because I watch my games too. Uh, and I say my games, like the games I broadcast. I watch the Canes games. I'll watch it back just to see what I could do better. Um, take sounds, a, do you take a pregame nap? No. I mm. used, believe it or not, I used to, well, on the radio I had to because yeah. I was doing a morning show. Um, but, no, I found um, last year when we didn't travel that if I took a nap, when I, I, I always felt like I couldn't wake up in time. Like I felt like I, was, I didn't do something. Right. So, yeah. I just fill my time going back watching the game or whatnot. Um, and that kind of, you try to play catch up with ours, but you, know, you watch the game for a little bit and just let it kind of mellow out itself. Yeah. All right. So now here's the one for both of us. There Besides it is. the Canes, which other seven teams do you see competing for division titles? He's got Carolina versus the Rangers, Florida versus Toronto, Colorado versus Minnesota, Calgary versus. Ne- I don't think Calgary can compete versus Nashville for the. No. Division title, just so you're. So, hold on, I'm pulling it up. Yeah, no, I got it here too. Canes, Canes. I'm gonna go Canes Pittsburgh. I'm gonna go Canes Pittsburgh. Not Rangers. Canes Pittsburgh. Florida, Tampa. Yep. Did he say? Did he say Toronto? Yeah. No. Although I think he might be referring to like the playoffs when we get to the. I thought he said who was going to win the that's division. What I, that's what I don't know. It's, he asks 80 questions. It gets lost we're, somewhere. We're going this way. Florida, Tampa. Yep. Colorado, St. Louis, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> the next one's weird. L.A. shocking the world. But I think it will be Calgary and Vegas. Yeah. To fight for the um, Pacific. Calgary yes. and Vegas. What other seven teams do you see competing? Although, tip of the cap to LA. I really think he's talking about going like into... Like first-round matchups? Yeah. But that, okay. even that... But then it's Kane's caps. Yeah, and it's Colorado-Minnesota. So, and he's got Nashville. No, it's Colorado-Dallas right now. Yeah, I know, but he's got Nashville playing Calgary and Nashville's in right. Central. No, but they're in the wild card right now. No, I know. I, I get that. And he's got Colorado playing. I gotta keep going back to this now. I feel like I need an abacus. He's got Colorado playing Minnesota. No, Minnesota's gonna finish in third. Yeah, that's not true. So Colorado, Dallas. All right, let's. We're aborting this question. Okay, abort. We're firing that one into the sun. Sorry, Ed. What's the last one? Uh, it's a rapid fire. Here we go. Ready? If you like it, you can take it. If you don't, send it right back. Things. Okay. I just say we go right to it. Okay, go. Canes, 12 games, 24 points left in March. They take 16. Yes. Yeah, I'll take that too. Pesci tapes a small can of tinned fish to the top of his stick. Because he's looking at... <laughs> Send it right Sending back. that right back. You, you, <laughs> are you funny. referring to like sardines? <laughs> Gosh. No, send it right back. Uh, and then the... Evidently, this is the recurring theme of the day. All Canes on Bally cast and crew should wear red blazers with black turtlenecks during the playoffs. No, send that back. I'm sending that one back, too. I am not the Mater D at a swanky club. <laughs> <laughs> no. 
the turtleneck. I could be one day. Do you know how hot it would be on the plaza for me in a turtleneck? Remember, you're talking to the jackass who used to wear a black suit out on the plaza for those days. You and I almost melted that one time. Oh, my gosh. It gets toasty out there, and the run we are expecting by the end of it will be extremely toasty. So there you go. We answered them in rapid fire. No turtlenecks. We answered them in rapid fire succession. I might be in a tank top. <laughs> don't say that. <laughs> Red tank tops? Don't say this because there's going to be people who would be like, Thank you. And that's we can't have that. There's a lot of people who would take that. Red tank top and a black suit coat. <laughs> <laughs> it was just suit coat and tie only, no shirt. Per, you know, perfect place to leave this. Perfect place to say we're going to end this. You sure you're not at the L House in Garner right now? No. I won't be there. We need to get there. We do. We do. Uh, hopefully uh, in early July we'll be celebrating some things maybe out that way. Walter, anything we've missed from this week that we should have been talking about that we didn't? Dynamite dropping, Walter. Thank you very much for the help. Uh, episode 204. Man of many words. Yes, I mean, when it comes down to it, he's just like the cat in those commercials. Round him up, Walter. <laughs> so uh, that'll do it uh, for us, Shane. Uh, last word from you. Mm, I don't know. I don't know where we're at today. It's been a busy week. It has. Mm. Join me at Kane Summer Camp. Oh, yeah. Get out the details on that thing. Oh, uh, it's wide open. Canesyouthockey.com. Sign up for our Hurricane Summer Camp. Four weeks available. One is sold out already, just so you know, and it's coming in hot. If you haven't got in yet, get in now. There you go. Coming up, three games, probably four by the time we talk to you on our next Canes Ooh. cast, which we will, but three games this weekend, starting with the big tilt with Colorado, then the Canes take on the Keystone State of Pennsylvania, Philadelphia here, Pittsburgh on Sunday up there. Uh, for Shane Willis, Walter Ruff has made sure that we were talking about things here on this podcast. We'll do this again next week. I promise we will. Until then, have a great day. Thank you.